0: This is IVP. You're listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Your Word is Truth, Your Word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your Word is Truth, Your Word is life. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Ekemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 1 through 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 11. 2 Chronicles chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Solomon moves the ark into the temple. When Solomon had finished constructing the Lord's temple, he put the holy items that belonged to his father David, the silver, gold, and all the other articles in the treasuries of God's temple. Then Solomon convened Israel's elders, all the elders of the Israelite tribes and families in Jerusalem, so they could witness the transferal of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from the city of David, that is Zion. All the men of Israel assembled before the king during the festival in the seventh month. When all Israel's elders had arrived, the Levites lifted the ark, the priests and Levites carried the ark, the tent where God appeared to his people, and all the holy items in the tent. Now King Solomon and all the Israelites who had assembled with him went on ahead of the ark and sacrificed more sheep and cattle than could be counted or numbered. The priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its assigned place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, in the most holy place, under the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim's wings extended over the place where the ark sat. The cherubim overshadowed the ark and its poles. The poles were so long, their ends extending out from the ark were visible from in front of the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from beyond that point. They have remained there to this very day. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets Moses had placed there in Horeb. It was there that the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites after he brought them out of the land of Egypt. The priests left the holy place. All the priests who participated had consecrated themselves no matter which division they represented. All the Levites who were musicians, including Asaph, Heman, Jeduthun, and their sons and relatives wore linen. They played cymbals and stringed instruments as they stood east of the altar. They were accompanied by 120 priests who blew trumpets. The trumpeters and musicians played together, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they loudly praised the Lord, singing, Certainly he is good. Certainly his loyal love endures. Then a cloud filled the Lord's temple. The priests could not carry out their duties because of the cloud. The Lord's splendor filled God's temple. Second Chronicles chapter 6, verses 1 through 11 Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he lives in thick darkness. O oh Lord, I have built a lofty temple for you, a place where you can live permanently. And the king turned around and pronounced a blessing over the whole Israelite assembly as they stood there. He said, The Lord God of Israel is worthy of praise because he has fulfilled what he promised my father David. He told David, Since the day I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I have not chosen a city from all the tribes of Israel to build a temple in which to live, nor did I choose a man as leader of my people Israel. But now I have chosen Jerusalem as a place to live, and I have chosen David to lead my people Israel. Now my father David had a strong desire to build a temple to honor the Lord God of Israel. The Lord told my father David, It is right for you to have a strong desire to build a temple to honor me, but you will not build the temple. Your very own son will build the temple for my honor. The Lord has kept the promise he made. I have taken my father David's place and have occupied the throne of Israel as the Lord promised. I have built this temple for the honor of the Lord God of Israel and set up in it a place for the ark containing the covenant the Lord made with the Israelites. 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 12-53 through 53. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he lives in thick darkness. O Lord, truly, I have built a lofty temple for you, a place where you can live permanently. Then the king turned around and pronounced a blessing over the whole Israelite assembly as they stood there. He said, The Lord God of Israel is worthy of praise because he has fulfilled what he promised my father David. He told David, Since the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city from all the tribes of Israel to build a temple in which to live, but I have chosen David to lead my people Israel. Now my father David had a strong desire to build a temple to honor the Lord God of Israel. The Lord told my father David, It is right for you to have a strong desire to build a temple to honor me, but you will not build a temple. Your very own son will build a temple for my honor. The Lord has kept the promise he made. I have taken my father David's place and I have occupied the throne of Israel as the Lord promised. I have built this temple for the honor of the Lord God of Israel and set up in it a place for the ark containing the covenant the Lord made with our ancestors when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Solomon prays for Israel. Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward the sky. He prayed, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below. You maintain covenantal loyalty to your servants who obey you with sincerity. You have kept your word to your servant, my father David. This very day you have fulfilled what you promised. Now, O Lord, God of Israel, keep the promise you made to your servant, my father David, when you said, you will never fail to have a successor ruling before me on the throne of Israel, provided that your descendants watch their step and serve me as you have done. Now, O God of Israel, may the promise you made to your servant, my father David, be realized. God does not really live on the earth. Look, if the sky and the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this temple I have built. But respond favorably to your servant's prayer and his request for help, O Lord my God. Answer the desperate prayer your servant is presenting to you today. Night and day may you watch over this temple, the place where you promised you would live. May you answer your servant's prayer for this place. Respond to the request of your servant and your people Israel for this place. Hear from inside your heavenly dwelling place and respond favorably. When someone is accused of sinning against his neighbor and the latter pronounces a curse on the alleged offender before your altar in this temple, be willing to forgive the accused if the accusation is false. Listen from heaven and make a just decision about your servant's claims. Condemn the guilty party, declare the other innocent, and give both of them what they deserve. The time will come when your people Israel are defeated by an enemy because they sinned against you. If they come back to you, renew their allegiance to you and pray for your help in this temple. Then listen from heaven, forgive the sin of your people Israel, and bring them back to the land you gave to their ancestors. The time will come when the skies are shut up tightly and no rain falls because your people sinned against you. When they direct their prayers toward this place, renew their allegiance to you and turn away from their sin because you punish them. Then listen from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel. Certainly, you will then teach them the right way to live and send rain on your land that you have given your people to possess. The time will come when the land suffers from a famine, a plague, blight and disease, or a locust invasion, or when their enemies lay siege to the cities of the land, or when some other type of plague or epidemic occurs, when all your people Israel pray and ask for help as they acknowledge their pain and spread out their hands toward this temple, then listen from your heavenly dwelling place, forgive their sin, and act favorably toward each one based on your evaluation of his motives. Indeed, you are the only one who can correctly evaluate the motives of all people. Then they will obey you throughout their lifetime as they live on the land you gave to our ancestors. Foreigners who do not belong to your people Israel will come from a distant land because of your reputation. When they hear about your great reputation and your ability to accomplish mighty deeds, they will come and direct their prayers toward this temple. Then listen from your heavenly dwelling place and answer all the prayers of the foreigners. Then all the nations of the earth will acknowledge your reputation, obey you as your people Israel do, and recognize that this temple I built belongs to you. When you direct your people to march out and fight their enemies, and they direct their prayers to the Lord toward his chosen city and this temple I built for your honor. Then listen from heaven to their prayers for help and vindicate them. The time will come when your people will sin against you, for there is no one who is sinless, and you will be angry with them and deliver them over to their enemies, who will take them as prisoners to their own land, whether far away or close by. When your people come to their senses in the land where they are held prisoner, they will repent and beg for your mercy in the land of their imprisonment, admitting we have sinned and gone astray. We have done evil. When they return to you with all their heart and being in the land where they are held prisoner and direct their prayers to you toward the land you gave to their ancestors, your chosen city, and the temple I built for your honor, then listen from your heavenly dwelling place to their prayers for help and vindicate them. Forgive all the rebellious acts of your sinful people and cause their captors to have mercy on them. After all, they are your people and your special possession whom you brought out of Egypt from the middle of the iron-smelting furnace. May you be attentive to your servants and your people Israel's request for help, and may you respond to all their prayers to you. After all, you picked them out of all the nations of the earth to be your special possession, just as you, O Sovereign Lord, announced through your servant Moses when you brought out our ancestors out of Egypt. New Testament reading. Luke chapter 20, verses 20 through 40. Paying taxes to Caesar. Then they watched him carefully and sent spies who pretended to be sincere. They wanted to take advantage of what he might say, so that they could deliver him up to the authority and jurisdiction of the governor. Thus they asked him, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach correctly, and show no partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right for us to pay the tribute tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their deceit and said to them, Show me a denarius, whose image and inscription are on it. They said, Caesar's. So he said to them, Then give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Thus they were unable in the presence of the people to trap him with his own words, and stunned by his answer they fell silent. Marriage and the Resurrection Now some Sadducees who contend that there is no resurrection came to him. They asked him, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies leaving a wife but no children, that man must marry the widow and father children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married a woman and died without children. The second and then the third married her. And in the same way, all seven died leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For all seven had married her. So Jesus said to them, The people of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are regarded as worthy to share in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. In fact, they can no longer die because they are equal to angels and are sons of God since they are sons of the resurrection. But even Moses revealed that the dead are raised in the passage about the bush where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for all live before him. Then some of the experts in the law answered, Teacher, you have spoken well, for they did not dare any longer to ask him anything. Mark chapter 12, verses 18 through 27. Marriage and the Resurrection Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, also came to him and asked him, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, If a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, that man must marry the widow and father children for his brother. There were seven brothers, the first one married, and when he died he had no children. The second married her and died without any children, and likewise the third. None of the seven had children. Finally, the woman died too. In the resurrection, when they rise again, whose wife will she be? For all seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Aren't you deceived for this reason, because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God? For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Now as for the dead being raised, Have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Oh God of the Resurrection, thank you, thank you, O God, that you are the God of the living, not the God of the dead, Thank you, O God, that in Jesus Christ we have eternal life, O Lord God, that we will live forever. Thank you, thank you, thank you, merciful God, thank you, O God, that when we come to you in prayer, we know that you hear us, Thank you, O Lord, that even solomon's beautiful prayer, o God, about the future sins that the Israelites would commit and asking you, the judge of all the earth, to do right, to hear their plea, to be merciful. Thank you, O God, for those examples. Thank you, O God, for that beautiful prayer in your scriptures, O God. And would you help us? Give us wisdom on what to pray, on how to pray, oh God, uh, to pray about sins that uh, by commission, oh God, and sins of omission, O Lord. I thank you, O Lord, that Jesus Christ. Death, burial, and resurrection, O oh God, was not only for our past sins, our present sins, but our future sins. Thank you, O oh God, that the blood of the Lamb of God takes away the guilt and the shame, O oh Lord. Would you help us to live lives that reflect the resurrection life that we have in Jesus Christ? Knowing, oh God, that this resurrection life that we have right now, oh God, that when Jesus returns and that when every body is raised from the tomb, oh God, that we are now, we will not be any more resurrected then than we are now, oh God. It is a full and complete resurrected life that you have given us this eternal life that you have given us, O God, was holy and complete. Would you help us, O Lord God, to walk in a way that reflects the truth, O Lord God, in the ways that we interact with other people, in the ways that we treat one another, O Lord, in our uh, business affairs, in our political decisions, in our interpersonal relationships, O Lord, would you make this evident? in our lives, in every single area of our lives. And would you help us to live in the light, O oh God, knowing that all deeds of darkness will be exposed, O oh Lord. Help us not to be found ashamed, O oh Lord, because those who look to you, their faces are radiant and they'll never ever be ashamed. I pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen.